Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. We're teaching from the Gospel of Mark, and we're teaching each chapter. We ask you to read each chapter and follow along with us and gain wisdom from the Lord as you're reading. And we're talking about Christ the servant. We left off last week with a, <laughs> we left people hanging out, I suppose some people say, to say, what is that sin or blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? We talked about, is there such a thing as an unforgivable sin? And we answered that question, uh, yes, there's a, a sin it's called the unforgivable sin. And we went to Matthew in that. And we want to start there uh, this time. Matthew chapter 12, which is the same account which we were in in Mark, of course, of chapter 3. So let's go to Matthew 12. And let's pick it up in verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man, who was blind and mute, was brought to Jesus, and he healed him, so that the mute man spoke and saw. All the crowds were amazed and were saying, This man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This man cast out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, In a kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and in a city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself, how then will his kingdom stand? If I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason they will be your judges. But... If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone in a strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I say to you, in a sin and blasphemy, shall be forgiven people. But blasphemy against the, the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Now that's the scripture on, 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 on is it such a thing. Now let's go just a little bit further. Let's go to verse 32. <clears throat> it says here, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or, to, or the age that come. And age is aeon, and that's just time, and that, that basically in this verse means never. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. You know, we talk about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and the unforgivable sin, and 
some people, I'm going to give you what, what, it, what the theologians say uh, in a minute, but how many of you have thought about this scripture? Whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him. And I was thinking about that. I said, well, uh, most people don't, don't even think of that as an un- unforgivable sin, speaking against the Holy Spirit. But, of course, that's what the Word of God says. So now, what is speaking against the Holy Spirit? I wonder if anybody ever said anything against the Holy Spirit. Anything. You know, you just think about our religiosity <laughs> in, in, in churches. Sometimes we say, well, I don't think the Spirit of God is, is moving in this place. Or I don't think this person fell out because of the Holy Spirit. I don't, you know, I, I think they just fell over because they just fell over. You know, they, it's, people say, so have you? Come on. Have you ever said anything? <laughs> yeah, I know I have. I know I've I been in a place I said, my goodness gracious, my, there's no way in the world uh, they're going to tell me that the Spirit of God did that. Come on. And I know y'all are so, so spiritual, y'all have never said anything like that. Uh, but I'm just telling you how, how, how it was, because I've been to a lot of different places, and, and you know, you see things happening. Um, I was, I was at, in Oklahoma. This was, uh, oh my goodness, back in the 80s. And uh, Brandon was real little. And we uh, took her to a church there in Oklahoma, because we went there. Uh, the pastor sent, sent me and my family there to learn about, um, about eldership. Uh, from the church he was from. And so we were there. While we were there, we wanted to visit this church, and we visited this church on Sunday, a big church and, and uh, well-known church, well-known pastor and things like that. And I, I didn't know anything about the church, but I, I, I saw people uh, dressed in white, some ladies dressed in white, looked like nurses. I saw people uh, falling out, and they, they fan them. I saw people running around, you know, and I said, ooh, <laughs> I said, this is not good. <laughs> I, said, I said, you know, the, they said the Spirit of God is moving. Oh, I, can't, I can't picture the Spirit of God doing all this thing. It, it, because see, in some places, uh, you, you hear about uh, this is just what they do. You know, this is just what they do. Um, it's just how they act. You know? uh, and I remember uh, Sam was telling me about... Uh, <laughs> Since she's not here, I can tell to talk about this door. <laughs> that how she used to, uh, uh, when she was in this church, what kind of church was that? Was that? Pentecostal a Pentecostal church, how she used to uh, dance and act all in- interesting, you know, act interesting. And as uh, soon as they went to another church, then she stopped acting like that. And so, <laughs> uh, so uh, you said, well, the Holy, that's not the Spirit of God. It can't be moving like that. And I'm thinking that God, now, if that's unforgivable, then it's a lot of people in Christianity that's not forgiven because I know a lot of people have said some things. I know a lot because I've heard some people saying some things. So now, what are we talking about here? This unforgivable sin here. So I wanted to take you there and wanted to start, start you thinking a little bit. Now, it depends upon what theological um, background a person is that you read or listen to uh, because some really don't believe the gifts are in operation today. So theologically, uh, they will say that there is no such thing as the unforgivable sin happening now today because the conditions 
uh, the circumstances that happened then are not happening now. So people cannot commit the unforgivable sin, which is uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking, calling, calling the work of the Holy Spirit that of demons, uh, or, as you read, just read, speaking a word against the Holy Spirit. That's blasphemy too. That, that's, that's unforgivable sin. That's what Jesus said. And it's, it's in red in my Bible. So he said, whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him. So what is the unforgivable sin? Jesus said is whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit. As well as he said that, that um, um, if you blaspheme uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, if you call what the, what the, what the scribes and Pharisees were doing then, calling the work of the Holy Spirit uh, something that that's of, of demons, Beelzebub, that he cast out, Jesus cast out by Beelzebub, uh, which they said that at that time was a, um, a deity that was a ruler of demons back in Palestine and in, in Syria, the northern part of Palestine. And so uh, they were saying this, they were calling, they were calling Jesus uh, just the Lord of, 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 of the flies, really, you know, their the, the demon. So that both of them, I read, can be blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But this commentary one in my Bible, one of them, and I know, I know that, that um, and by the way, I know that what theological background the people who wrote the Bible, wrote my Bible, wrote the, well, not wrote my Bible, but wrote the, the little print down here. You know, you see everybody's Bible, they have these little notes, these footnotes. Know what theological background your footnotes are from. Because if you think this is the Bible, it's not the Bible. It's just somebody's commentary. And so therefore, if I, if I read this down here as actual truth, then I'm going to be deceived. Depends upon uh, what the truth is. So you have to rightly divide the words yourself. You have to pray and ask, ask God what it's saying. And what I like to do is, is find out what this person said over here, this theological uh, you know, group of people saying over here. And I would, like, I would like to pray, put things in context, ask God what is it really saying, because who can you believe? So does it exist? For as they concerned, it, it doesn't. But the only reason they're saying it doesn't because there is no, it's no more healing. That's the reason why they said that. There's no more healings. And some people have a Bible just like mine. Um, and, and, and so I think, Richard, you might have one. I know that, um, I know that Chad's mother has one that's a, a, a Rari um, New American Standard. Uh, but anyway, um, if you read that, know that that's, that's not really true. And they're saying it only because they don't think the gifts are in operation today. Others say that that um, it is, you can commit it, if you call the work of the Holy Spirit um, that of demons. But I say you're going to have to also include what Matthew said, what Jesus said uh, through Matthew and the Holy Spirit said, is that uh, if you speak a word against the Holy Spirit, then you're blaspheming also. Okay? Now, let me give you another, another theological camp from it. And when I was discipling, being discipled, that's what I was taught is that you have different camps, and these different camps say different things. Okay? Now, another uh, camp, he's a theologian, uh, he said that um, 
uh, some interesting things, so we'll go, go there. Let's go back to Mark, where we were in Mark chapter 3. And let's look at verse 28. One of the keys, one of the keys to understanding this verse, for this theologian says, is I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving you different, different camps now, different camps. One camp says it doesn't exist today. Another camp says it does. And if you call um, the work of the Holy Spirit, you call that uh, uh, the work of demons, then you have blasphemed the Holy Spirit, and there's no forgiven for you. But also, I just added what the Scripture said in Matthew. If you speak a word against the Holy Spirit, then you bless me. So then you have two camps. Now there's a third camp. Third camp, so the, the key is, verse 28, Truly I say to you, all sins shall be forgiven the sons of men and whatever blasphemies they utter. Now this theologian was saying that basically, if you take this verse this verse is true, that the verse 29, when it starts out, but, really does not nullify that verse, but is saying something a little bit different. Okay, now let's look at the verse, next verse. Said, but whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Okay, now, why did this theologian say this? Why this camp will say this? Well, one reason is because, well, let, let's, just, uh, let, let's just think about it. The work of the Holy Spirit is a, a work that everyone is going to be, if you're saved, if you're going to get saved, you're going to get saved because of the work of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the third person of the Trinity. He has a vital part in it. You don't get saved unless the Holy Spirit does the work in you. So therefore, the work of the Holy Spirit, if you turn to, let's turn to John, the Gospel of John. Let's look at uh, verse, uh, chapter 14. Let's just read some of the work of the Holy Spirit there. So we'll put it in a proper perspective, what he's saying. In chapter 14, Let's start in verse 10. Do you not believe what I am? Do you not, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does, the work, does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Let's go to verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him and, or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and is in you. Well, that's very important because the Holy Spirit is in us, and if we're going to get saved at all, let's look at verse chapter 16. 
Let's start in verse 7. Let's start there. If you're going to get saved, it said, but, but, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper, speaking of the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world of world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because I do not because they do not believe in me and concerning righteousness because I go uh, to the father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment because the rule of this world has been judged I have many more things to say to you but I cannot you cannot bear them now but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take a mind and will disclose it to you. All things that the father has uh, has a mind. Therefore, I say to you, he will take a mind and will disclose it to you. The Holy Spirit work in salvation is very important. And if you don't have the work of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get saved. Simple as that. Uh, the scripture says in another part of John is that, that no one can come to Jesus unless they're drawn to the Father. Period. You can't come to Jesus unless you're drawn to the Father. Well, the Holy Spirit is, is involved in, in that drawing. And so, now, if you're going to uh, speak a word against the Holy Spirit, and meaning that if you're going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, if you're going to really say such a, uh, a negative, hard thing, like the Pharisees are saying, that uh, this, is not, this is not the work of, 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 of Jesus Christ, of God. This is a work of demons. Uh, if you're going to call that work, and really knowing, knowing that you're doing this, uh, because the Pharisees, they knew things that, that uh, they didn't act like they knew, but they were jealous of Jesus, and, and they knew uh, that he was uh, who he said he was, in a way. In other words, they know they couldn't do any works of, uh, uh, about casting out demons. That's why he said, well, who do your sons cast them out by? If I cast them out by bills, but who do your sons cast them out by? Knowing that they are children of the devil, because if you're not saved, you're children of the devil, period. And so, so therefore, who are your children going to cast them out by? Because I already told you that you kingdom divided cannot stand. And Satan is not going to cast out Satan. So now, who do your children cast them out by? I'm casting them out by the finger of God, it says in, in another place. Um, and in, in there, it says, um, if I cast them out by the Holy Spirit, who do your sons cast them out by? So we see that, that um, uh, they, can, they had no answers to that because they didn't cast them out, period. They can't cast them out. How are they going to cast out devils? When they when they of, of the devil themselves, because he said you of your father the devil, <laughs> he told them that the Pharisees. So there's no way in the world they're gonna cast them out. So we have to know that they understood what they were doing. Uh, they're just trying to catch them in, in things, and and now actually did he say you're never gonna be forgiven because you just did this right here? Did he tell them that? No, where did he tell them that? But he was, he was explaining to them, he was teaching them that this is not going to be forgiven you, so you better, you know, uh, get your act together. You can't, you can't do this. I don't believe that a Christian, and this is just me now, I'm telling you, I don't believe that a Christian can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I don't believe it can, can do that. Okay? You say, well, why do you believe that? I mean, he just said that if you do that, he, who, who was he talking to? 
He was talking to the Pharisees. He was talking to those who are not yet saved because the scripture says that, that uh, there's neither male nor female, neither bond or free, there's neither Jew or Gentile. All has to come the same way to Jesus Christ. Everybody, you're going to have to give your life to, to Jesus Christ. You're going to have to be drawn to the Father. The Holy Spirit is going to have to, have to do some things to convict you of sin. They're going to have to give you saving faith. You're going to have to uh, uh, be drawn to be a, a Christian. And therefore, he's talking to the unsaved. He's talking to the Pharisees. Now, let me tell you another reason I say that, that, uh, that, that, that I don't think a Christian can blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You're not going to fall in that, that situation. Let's look in Jeremiah. Let's go there. And I'm, I'm going to give you just an instance where God is telling people some things. Uh, we'll go to Jeremiah 14. And we'll look at verse 7. Now it says, and here's the prophet Jeremiah, and he was uh, prophesying, he was a prophet to Judah. And so we're talking about the children of God, and there were, the Jews were the children of God, Israel was the children of God at that time, and uh, they, are, they are the children of God. And we know that everybody else were considered Gentiles. Okay, now, here, here's it says, although our iniquities, here's he's, Jeremiah's praying, testify against us, O Lord, act for your name's sake. Truly, our apostasies have been many. We have sinned against you, O hope of Israel, its Savior, in time of distress, while you're like a stranger in the land, or like a traveler who has pitched his tent for the night, while you like a man dismayed, like a mighty man who cannot save. Yet you are in our midst, O Lord, and we are called by your name. Do not forsake us. And listen to this, <clears throat> verse 10. Thus says the Lord to this people, Even so, they have loved to wonder. They have kept their feet. They have not kept their feet in check. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. Now, he will remember their iniquity and call their sins to account. So the Lord said to me, do not pray for the welfare of this people. Now, that's interesting. He said, don't even pray for the welfare of this people. Now, this people is his people. Okay. Now, now look at chapter 15, verse 1. It says, then the Lord said to me, even though Moses and Samuel were to stand here before me, my heart would not be with this people. Send them away from my presence and let them go. And it shall be that when they say to you, where shall we go? Then you are to tell them, thus says the Lord, those destined for death to death, those destined for the sword to the sword, those destined for famine to famine, those destined to for captivity to captivity. Now that's what God said because of the sins of Manassas. Now do you think God has rejected his people forever? No. 
He hasn't, the Jews, they're going to be saved. They're going to come into the knowledge of the truth. He's going to take the blindness off their eyes at some point in time, as soon as the fullness of time for the Gentiles to come in. There they are. Let's look at uh, verse 29, chapter 29, Jeremiah, verse uh, 9. And we'll see something that he says here. And this is a memory verse for a lot of people. Verse 11. It says, For, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So it's talking about the false prophets who are saying, uh, everything is going to be okay. Don't you worry about a thing. You know, and he said, no, 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 no. You know, it's, it's, everything is not going to be okay. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed, so we see in Babylon, so we see that there, there, there are consequences for our apostasies. There are, there are consequences. Meaning that, that uh, for a Christian, uh, God is not going to uh, reject you or anything like that. He'll, he'll forgive you, but there are consequences. And it says that for them it was 70 years in, in captivity. He said, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. And this memory verse here, verse 11, that most people memorize. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. And then that, that's good. Now, now God always did with his people. There are always consequences. But then he comes back and says, but I'm going to bring you back. And for, for in, in, in the Old Testament, for Israel, the only way we're going to ever come back and stay back is that he changed our hearts. Because the way our hearts were, we'll, we'll continue just like they were doing. But because he changed our heart, because he, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, when we yield to the Holy Spirit and that, that process that God has for us to yield, then he lives his life through us. That's the only way we can do what God has called us to do. The only way. You're not going to do it just try to keep a set of rules. You're not going to do it. So for Christians, I don't believe that that's, that's a possibility for us to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that. That he said, you'll never be forgiven. Because he says, <laughs> he says you, <laughs> that, that, that he'll never leave you forever. He's, he, he said, I'll never forsake you. He says, if you ask for forgiveness in 1 John 1, 9, he says, that I'll forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Um, no one can pluck you out of his hands. There's so many scriptures that tell us that, even though we have some hard scriptures in the Bible that, that we'll talk about probably next week uh, when we get into the next section, section 4 of Mark, is that, that uh, how is it that he says these things about, about, the, the, about Christians, or is he talking to Christians, when he says that, oh, you know, you cast out demons in my name. You know, I did this, Lord. I did this out here. Well, you know, I was doing this stuff, man. How can you say that, uh, uh, that, that I'm, not, I'm not right? He said, hey, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So now, how is that? How is that hard scripture there? Once you um, fall away from the Lord, there is no more repentance for you. How are those scriptures, how they fit into this scheme of things when it's talking about Christians? So next week, we'll hit that, um, some of those scriptures. And I think you'll, you'll be very uh, excited because I think that you, it'll give you more ammunition in your uh, toolbox 
to do work when you go out to minister the gospel to other people because they have some of these same questions and you'll be able to answer these questions. So the answer to the one that I um, kept you hanging with last time, what is that sin uh, um, for us blaspheming the Holy Spirit? What is it? Uh, it is, of course, that you uh, speak a word against the Holy Spirit and you call the work of the Holy Spirit that of Satan. Uh, though that is the unforgivable sin, but I think he's talking to, again, again un- unsaved people and not saved people because if the Holy Spirit has to do a work in your life and you grieve the Holy Spirit so bad by insulting him so bad and he's the one that has to um, give you <laughs> saving faith, he's the one that has to draw you, convict you of sin, and he doesn't do it, you can't repent. You can't repent. See, it says in, in, in the scripture above, he said, all sins, all blasphemies will be forgiven you. All of them. Well, how you can say all and then say, but the sin of this one won't be forgiven you. Well, if you're a Christian, you'll be able to ask for forgiveness. You will be able to ask for forgiveness because the Holy Spirit is in you. He's going to convict you of sin. You'll be asked, asked for forgiveness for anything you said. I've asked for forgiveness for things I've said ignorantly about things being in other churches. So I don't, I don't say anything against another church now. That's a, they say, oh, man, they, they do, they, they're hanging on the chandeliers. Well, hey, so what? I mean, hey. <laughs> that's, 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 maybe, maybe that's what God has them doing. That's okay with me. I don't have nothing to do with those people. Nothing. Yeah. They're okay with me. So how can, how can we speak something against another church, uh, what they're doing, when you are not, you are not the, you have been called to lead that church. You know, you don't know. You have no clue. So the best thing we can do is keep our mouths closed when it comes to somebody else. You see? And there's no need for us to speak about what we believe about this work. Well, I don't believe that's the Holy Spirit because they, 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 I saw him. He pushed him. He pushed him. And then he fell down. He pushed him. You know, well, uh, let it go. You know. You know, if you, if you haven't been there for a conference or something, you know, yourself, hmm, that's interesting, you know, keep pushing. That's all you had to do. That's all you had to do. Because after all, when you, when you, when you eat chicken, like, like we eat, you're going to, unless it's filet, you're going to have some bones in it. So they say, you know, take what's good and, and leave what you don't want to eat. No, no problem with me. So uh, you're not going to hear me say those things because I've learned. I've asked for forgiveness. Now you're saying that, that then... That I'm never going to be forgiven in this life and in the one to come. That I'm going to hell because I, I said something ignorantly back in, in, when I was young. You know? And you say, well, the scripture says so. If the scripture says so, then it's so. You know? Well, <laughs> then, then you know, you're going to probably be there too. You know? <laughs> because I know, I know what I've heard it, it is a lot of, from a lot of mouths. I know that I've heard a lot of things, you know. Um, but anyway, that's why that this theologian said that, but this particular theologian said it, said that um, um, that's the reason why this exists is because the work of the Holy Spirit is so vital in the salvation of people is that if you belittle, belittle the Holy Spirit so bad and grieve him so bad and calling him, you know, uh, like a, of a devil and stuff like that, and you know better, and, and you know, there's no forgiveness for you. Because he can't, you can't, how, how are you going to ask for forgiveness unless he convicts you of sin? You can't ask for forgiveness. 
But if you could ask for forgiveness, then God says in John that you'll be forgiven. He wouldn't tell us, uh, ask for forgiveness 70 times 7. Um, you know, you forgive somebody 7 times 7, but yet I'm not going to forgive you. No, if you can ask for forgiveness, then you'll be forgiven. But the problem is, suppose you can't ask for forgiveness. Because you don't feel like you've done anything to ask for forgiveness. That's because the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted you of anything. So therefore, if he doesn't convict you, you're up the creek. If you don't ask for forgiveness, you can't be forgiven. So therefore, you're going to be unforgiven. So, but that's for, again, non-Christians in, in, in my opinion. Okay. So if there are any questions, uh, you can ask Elder Sam. <laughs> At the service. <laughs> I uh, made it uh, with the ones who are going to help serve communion. Come up, please. It's a lot of fun studying the Word of God, trying to find the will of God on all the subject matters that, that we have in the Bible. But uh, I'm telling you that the one next week, when I start teaching from chapter 4, verse 1, uh, about the source of the Word, and we start talking about these uh, the things that... that um, about Christians and, and uh, uh, all those type of things. This you don't want to miss next week. You don't want to miss that. This is a great time to really have communion. Uh, would you all get the your elements and put, get in your places for me, please? Uh, get the juice and uh, Gillian, you and Linda together over there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, in the night which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Everybody please stand. You come receive the elements and hold it until we can all take it together. We are very thankful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came to give us eternal life, to put us back in right standing with the Father. And with his body that was broken for us, he says, do this in remembrance of him. And we remember, Father, that our salvation is only because of you. The Father loved us so much that he sent you as a sacrifice for our sins. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we can ask for forgiveness. We thank you that we are a part of you, the body of Christ. We thank you. And we partake, remembering that this body was broken for us. We thank you, Father, that this is a cup of the New Testament in your blood 
And we thank you, Father, that when we ask for forgiveness, not only do you forgive us, but you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. So we are clean, Lord, and we thank you, Father. And we protect in remembrance of you. So we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the salvation of our souls. Thank you for the work that you are doing in our lives. We say thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. Because without the Spirit of grace, we will not be here today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us into all truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us the things that belong to Jesus Christ and therefore belong to us because we are joint heirs of Christ Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are blind in the spiritual realm, but you lead us and guide us. We thank you for that. We thank you. We thank you for the word of God has been given to us in many different translations that we can read it and we can know for surety that we belong to you. We thank you. If we have said anything to dishonor you, Jesus Christ, you, the Holy Spirit, we do ask for forgiveness. Because you told us that we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So we confess any sin. Any sin that we are holding in unforgiveness for others, Lord. Anything we have said about other works of yours in other places, other houses of yours in Lynchburg and surrounding areas in, the, in all parts of the nation, Lord. Anything that we have said against that work that you're doing in that place, we ask you to forgive us for that, Lord. It's not our desire, Father, to judge anything. It's not our place to judge anything. So we ask for forgiveness in that. We forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord. And in a way, form, or fashion, we ask for forgiveness. We, we ask you to forgive us, but we also stand forgiven all those who have said anything that may have, have offended us, Lord, that we may be forgiven also. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.